On the block, on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito, pop pass, end zone, touchdown, and the ball game. DeVito, in relief, wins it for the Orange. They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing in the mix. It is over. The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me want to Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo. A 14-yard quarterback draw. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. And the celebration begins. This is on the block. Right, you know, there's validity in that opinion. Here's X-Men. Ah, neat. ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, Heard, on 96.5 FM, Heard wherever you are, whatever you shall be doing at the moment on the ESPN app. You can watch the show, you can live chat during the show. You get your own show within the show. You get a show when the radio station goes to commercial breaks. Those of you that watch on twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Hello, Twitch friends. You get your own show because we keep the mics on during commercial breaks. You just never know what's going to happen. Once in a while, Paulie Sibilia waddles in here and gives us his take on life, which is always interesting. You see what Seth Goldberg and I are, are plotting Twisting our mustaches behind the scenes. <laughs> Happening for the next segment, and sometimes it's just me staring at my computer. You just never know. Spilling water on myself, all kinds of crazy things happening. Yesterday, I had my sunglasses on during the last segment of the show, which, of course, Seth Goldberg, right on top of that, and a meme was made. That's a got him. Good job out of you. So... The point is twitch.tv slash Talk. That is an experience in and of itself. So however you're taking in the show today, we greatly appreciate that. I would remind you we have a podcast, too. So take this show, we shrink wrap it, make it a podcast for you so you can listen on your time on demand. This program, Orange Nation, Sportzilla, whatever your preference is. I mean, we know what your preference is, but they're all there for you. Just subscribe on iTunes to ESPN Syracuse. How's your Thursday going? You guys ready to rock and roll do this thing? So are we. Joining us on the program today, an hour from now, my friend Nate Mink will join us to discuss all things Syracuse football. Do you want to know how dedicated Nate Mink is to covering Syracuse football for you people? Nate Mink goes to the North Carolina game, Syracuse, North Carolina, one of a select few reporters allowed into the facility. It's not the usual traveling party for Syracuse football, not the usual traveling party for the visiting media for reasons you're well aware of, but Nate got in because he's Nate Mink. But as a result of that, quarantine state, right? So our guy Nate has been in quarantine. I texted Nate to see if he wanted to come on today. He said, yes, please, need something to do. 
I mean, he's working, he's writing stories, he's doing his thing, but I think Nate's starting to go a little stir-crazy in quarantine. So we shall get him on the phone lines, and you will hear him about an hour from now. All his insight on being there at that North Carolina game and peeking ahead, of course, to Pittsburgh this weekend. Syracuse basketball now has a little more structure. They know when the season will begin. An official start date is put out there. Jim Beheim had some interesting comments on that today with our friend Mike Waters, including what kind of schedule Syracuse is going to have. They're essentially going to have to reset, hit the reset button on non-conference play. Will they keep it within New York State so teams don't have to quarantine? Speaking of which, just bus in, bus out kind of thing. Could we? If you've got a college basketball team... In New York State, uh, call the office of one James Arthur Beheim. They're on line three. So the schedule may look different, but the good news is, well, in its most basic form, they have a plan, as opposed to college football, which even to this day is like, oh, you guys playing, you're in, you're out, you're back, now you're back in, no, you're out, no, you're back in, no, you're out, no, you're back in. Well, what about the Pac-12? Are they coming? Maybe, could, don't know, perhaps. All right. Well, at least college basketball is like, yep, here's the plan. Here we go. You might have to make some schedule adjustments, but we're playing. Rock and roll. So that is good news. Sports is getting busier today after kind of a quiet night last night. U.S. Open underway, including Syracuse native Dan McCarthy out there doing his thing. Had a great shot that we'll discuss with you during hot takes. Cleveland, Cincinnati, the battle for Ohio. This is really going to test my whole theory how, remember like two months ago when we had nothing and I was like, I will watch anything, please, live sports. Cleveland, Cincinnati on Thursday night football is really going to test my desire for live sports. Have I been spoiled once again? The bubble's back tonight with the Isles and the Lightning and a terrific NBA series, we hope and we think, considering how game one went, game one went, pardon me, between Miami and Boston. So we'll get into that. We'll go on the blind side later, thanks to the socially distant speaker and so much more. But I begin this question with you today by asking, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want in life? Well, I can't help you with that, but I can help by listening what you want to see the Syracuse football team do Saturday at Pittsburgh. Now, win a game is certainly on your list. Cover the point spread would be nice, considering last week they were covering right about till the middle of the fourth quarter. And you're like, you're really going to not cover 23 and a half after covering most of the game? Okay. So it's 20 and a half, 21, depending on which, uh, for entertainment purposes, only source that you go to. So those obvious things aside, what do you want to see? On the field, Saturday noon kickoff with pregame coverage here on ESPN Syracuse, the Amtrak Syracuse football pregame show presented by Ferron and Son Funeral Home and Charles Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electrical, hosted by yours truly. Come hang. We have a good time. Have some coffee and donuts with your boy. Talk Syracuse football Saturday mornings. So what do you want to see? Besides the obvious. Because I think I know. I mean, you could certainly tell me. But I think what Syracuse fans want to see is a team that's the aggressor. They want to see a team that is, for the most part, in control. 
They want to see a team that's confident. They want to see a team that's not kind of feeling its way around the field. And, you know, some comments that Dino Babers has made are, are fair. They are a representation of what this team is. You know, last week, as we'll discuss with Nate later in the show, when you take 29 either freshmen or redshirt freshmen with you on a travel roster of 69 players, that's a lot. That's a young team. Those are young players ready to, to step up. Dino said earlier this week that if certain players, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, don't step up and are not what they should be, then there's a whole crew, particularly some younger players, ready to step in to show if they can do it, right? So I understand the limitations of the offseason. I think we're all going to be fair about that and understand that and the situation that's evolving here. But the thing that I keep coming back to, and I think the thing a lot of you keep coming back to with the North Carolina game, just people I've talked to both on and off the air, they're like, man, they, they had that game. They were in control of that football game. It's one thing when you just don't belong on the field with a team and you can see it and you know it. Look, Syracuse has either beaten or been very competitive with Clemson in the last three years. Knocked them off at the Dome and then went there the next year and were a fourth down play away from potentially winning at Clemson. But for the most part, when Syracuse is on the field with Clemson, like you can just see that this is going to get ugly and it's going to get ugly fast. Last year was the case, and I think Clemson even called off the dogs. 41-6, you'll take that against a dominant national championship level team like that. So... What felt good about last week was, despite how much the offense struggled, you kept looking up and you kept looking up and the game kept going along. Like, Well, not only are they in this, at times it felt like they controlled it. And then the bottom fell out in the fourth quarter. So I think that's the feeling that Syracuse fans want, which you can't always get. And I think Pittsburgh's going to be a much tougher team to do that against. So I think what you want to see is Syracuse kind of empty the gates here. Be aggressive. Go at Pittsburgh. Don't be the reactor. Don't be the counterpuncher. Be the aggressor. Be Tyson coming out of that corner with that crazed look in his eye saying, try and stop me. I think now that Syracuse has a game under their belt, I think now that Syracuse had a much tougher first game than Pittsburgh did, which some would say would be an advantage Pittsburgh side. I think it might very well be for a number of reasons. But I think what Syracuse has got to try to do through this week and going into that game on Saturday is just kind of get rid of the excuses and somehow find a confidence, find a swagger, find a, a flex, Right? Because we discussed on the show yesterday how Syracuse and Pittsburgh have to stop doing the dance here and just make this a rivalry. It's a rivalry in the sense of history. It's the rivalry in the sense that Syracuse has played Pittsburgh more than anybody. It's a rivalry in the sense of they were in the Big East, now they're in this arranged marriage in the ACC. There's history between the two. It's got the basis of it, but for a rivalry to be a true rivalry, it's got to go two ways down the road, right? Pittsburgh 
has to kind of agree to that. You ask 100 Pittsburgh fans who their rival is, Syracuse is going to get votes, but they're not going to win. So by that definition, it is not a rivalry. But what it is, is a weird series. What it is, is almost guaranteed to be at least a game that's going to take you into the fourth quarter that's going to be an entertaining game. I went over this yesterday, and I will, if I could find it, do it briefly again. But in the last 10 years, here it is. So these are the scores of the last 10 games between Syracuse and Pittsburgh. Last year, 27-20. 2018, 44-37 in overtime. 2017, 27-24. In 2016, it was that out-of-control, just amazing 76-61 game. 2015, 23-20. In 2014, a 30-7 pit win. In 2013, 17-16 pit win. The year before that, Syracuse won the game by a point, 14-13. And then the first two games of this decade or the past decade, 2010 and 2011, were both sizable Pittsburgh wins. But for the most part, when these two get together, no matter how good Syracuse is, no matter how bad uh, Syracuse is, and vice versa in all the ways I can frame that, it's the old you throw the records out the window conversation. When these two get on the field, no matter what their statuses are. Now the difference is, here's what I'm warning about with this game and where I want to stop hearing excuses and start hearing some reasons. Usually Syracuse and Pittsburgh play later in the season because they're conference rivals, the way the schedule's played out, all the obvious reasons why. So they both have had a whole chunk of film to watch and are familiar with each other just by playing year by year. But the fact that they're going to play here in game two, we don't see this. We don't see these two play in good weather usually. Usually when Syracuse plays Pitt, and obviously this would be when they go to Heinz Field because the weather's perfect in the dome. Usually when they go to Pitt, it's like gray, mud. Heinz Field's been ripped up because both the Steelers and the Panthers are playing there. The real chill in the air. There, there have been times where I've gotten my Christmas tree in the morning. Went, cut down my Christmas tree, and then watched Syracuse play Pittsburgh. They're playing on September 19th. Not to say the weather won't be like that. It's a gray, kind of chilly fall day here in central New York, but... Weird things happen when Syracuse and Pitt play, and now you're telling me that they're playing the second game of the year? Syracuse has to turn this into an advantage. Syracuse has to turn this into a plan where instead of just looking at all the flaws and all the faults and all the ways they could lose, throwing some haymakers and throwing some surprises and somehow putting Pitt on their heels. Now, my official prediction, which I'm sure you read today on Syracuse.com, has Pitt winning 37-20 and has Pitt jumping on Syracuse because that's how Pittsburgh plays. They've got some faults. Their running game's trying to rebuild. Their defense, though, is physical. They got to both Tommy DeVito and Clayton Welch nine times last year. The way Pat Narduzzi teams play, the mentality that he has instilled, you're in a fight for four quarters. Syracuse, I don't, I'm not trying to say they're not tough or anything like that, and I think what Tony White showed us last week was very encouraging, but Syracuse at times can be a little more mechanical and methodical, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. 
Well, that's not what the commercial says. That's not what we were taught they are. That's not what we were sold. When I was told and you were told to close our eyes and picture this, we were told that that offense was going to fly down that field for four quarters. And for some reason, now, they run a lot of plays. They still go at pace. It's not like it doesn't happen. But for some reason, they've just gotten away from that. And I think some reasons are, well, the offensive line is struggling and the obvious football things. But I think that's what you want. I think that's what I want. I think that's what fans want to see. If I'm going to have to kind of swallow this, take a deep breath, and watch this team develop with all those freshmen and all, you know, again, there's a fine line between reasons and excuses then at least do it like the crazy guy in the bar, right? Hey, remember when we used to go to bars? That just says, all right, let's go. Charges out of the corner, and you kind of laugh, and you kind of look at that guy, but you admire that he's going for it. Like, you weren't going to win that fight, but you know what? My man went for it. He's like, okay, game on, right? Wasn't one of those hold me back kind of fights. No, he went for it. I think that's what Syracuse fans want to see. And you got that on the defensive side of the ball. I want to caution that, though. I, I hate to throw water on this whole thing when my whole take has been, go after them! But I don't think the defense can do that week in and week out. I'd love to be wrong about that. I just think Pittsburgh is a little more experienced at quarterback. Mark Whipple's a smart offensive coordinator. They've got Kenny Pickett, who hasn't seen a ton of 3-3-5, but I don't think they can kind of employ the same plan against Pitt that they did against North Carolina. But being at only game two, being that maybe Tony White didn't show everything he's got in that 3-3-5, and you know what? At least they're coming into this game, the defense, confident. They're coming in knowing what they can do. They're coming in knowing they can be aggressive when they were supposed to be the one that was going to be confused all year. And again, that's why I want to hit the caution button here. That still is going to happen when you've got a new defense you're installing. It's just natural. So I don't want this to be, there's a great t-shirt that I want to get because it's just so darn funny. And I see it on Facebook and, you know, all those digital ads that we all get these days because, no, d- digital targeted marketing is not a thing. They don't take your data and, and do that. No, that's, they would never do that in this country. But one t-shirt that makes me laugh is I, I just hope both teams had a good time, right? I'm not saying that. Try to win the darn thing. Try to go into Pittsburgh, knock them in the teeth. But if they do lose, if things go as planned, while hopefully covering that 20 and a half, I think fans just want to walk away from that game saying, you know what, they weren't going to win that thing, but they were committed. They went at it. They were aggressive. They emptied the tank because you did not feel that way last week. And I know it was the first game. And I understand the limitations of practice going into that and everything I I feel like is when you watch those drug commercials these days and there's 45 seconds of the 60-second spot is the guy listing the, the side effects of the drug while the happy couple prances on the beach. I feel like when we talk about football this year, that's what we have to list. Syracuse and Pittsburgh are playing a football game under conditions in which they did not have spring practice. If you did not practice for more than four hours, please call a doctor, right? Like, just everything that happened in this offseason, no practice, no spring ball, social justice protests, 
taking their mind off things. Syracuse sat out four practices because of COVID-19. Basically 45 seconds of, hey, COVID, and here's what happened. But they're playing the darn game. They're on the field. So I think what people want to see is just go out there, walk off the field with the feeling that all bullets have been fired, right? I think that's all you can ask for. And let's go from there. But let me remind as we go to break and we'll transition to some college basketball discussion because there is some significant news on that front today. Weird things happen when Syracuse and Pitt get together, and they usually don't play this early in the season. And on that note, we'll break. We will come back. You're in our Burdick BMW opening drive. You're on the block ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Talk. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Hey, kids, Halloween's coming. Cuomo didn't cancel it. And throughout the month of October, we are celebrating Halloween with you. We're not messing around here, folks. You know Galaxy Media brings you the spectacular lights on the lake every year around Christmas time. But we're doing it for Halloween, too, in a in a sense. It's not necessarily lights on the lake, but very similar. Jamesville Beach Park, throughout the month of October, just $10 per car load Sunday through Thursday, $15 on Fridays and Saturdays. Duncan Halloween at the park. It's presented by the Summit Federal Credit Union and Upstate Golisano Children's Hospital from 7 to 10 throughout the month of October. Now, this is important. Um, You cannot buy tickets at the gate. It is pre-sale only. There is no tickets at the gate or cash sale. So what you're going to want to do is go to this site, HalloweenAtThePark.com. Okay, HalloweenAtThePark.com. There's a limited number of tickets available each night, but that's what's cool about it is you can pick your night, get your tickets, pre-sale, bing, bang, boom, you're set. It's a one-mile drive-through event with five different Halloween-themed sections, live actors making the show come to life. Dress up, bring the kids, wear your costumes, take pictures. A suggested $5 donation will get your family's name on a pumpkin yard sign and lots of great things going up, including you can get a trick-or-treat bag when you buy tickets filled with candy, toys, stickers, and more. That's just $5 as well, and you get it right when you pull up. It's Halloween at the park.com, the Duncan Halloween at the Park, presented by the Summit Federal Credit Union, Upstate Golisano Children's Hospital. Really cool Halloween event that our friends here at Galaxy Events are doing for you, just for you, people, because we love you. All right, cue it up here, boys. If I had a million dollars, if I now why are we playing the song dollars, other than the fact well, that it's spectacular? What house? I would buy you a house. And if I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, reminds of the Bare Naked Lady show I saw last summer. Maybe an ice Chesterfield or an I was there to see Hootie and the Blowfish. It was coincidental that Bare Naked Ladies were there. Well, I'd buy you a and they were better than Hootie and the Blowfish. They were amazing. And if I so, uh, you get the. The gist of it here. We've got that. We'll give you this. One million dollars. Why are we talking about a million dollars? That is what John Wildhack, Syracuse Athletic Director, donated to the athletic department. As Chris Carlson writes here at Syracuse.com, Syracuse University Athletic Director John Wildhack is donating. That's your cue. 
one million dollars. To the school's athletic department. The donation, which is from Wild Hack and his wife Amy, was announced in a feature story on the school's news website, saying the donation was going towards, quote, the athletics framework. The donation is likely larger than Wild Hack's annual salary at Syracuse. But someone's been saving their pennies through the years, right? Uh, here's what Wild Hack said about it in the release. Quote, when I ask people to give, I want them to know I have skin in the game. Amy and I are blessed to be in a position where we can invest in all the young men and women we have met and the generations of student-athletes yet to come. Also in the release, Wild Hack talked about hoping to improve a number of Syracuse's facilities, citing a hope that Syracuse can improve its academic support center as well as work to provide larger training rooms for the football team and the school's non-revenue sports. That's big for a few reasons. It's big, one, because of what Wild Hack said there. He's putting skin in the game. If you're going to these big-time donors, and remember, as Chris notes here in the story, if you forgot, Wild Hack helped secure a $25 million donation from former football player John Lally, which is earmarked largely for future facilities improvements. When Syracuse was hot and heavy coming off that 2018 season, it was an economic boom in a lot of ways, ticket sales, People were excited again. The buzz was there. And, of course, you're knocking on donor doors saying, hey, we're back, baby. But in order to stay here, we need you to help us. So there have been some recruiting gains lately by Syracuse football. Even the first game against North Carolina, you hope, is is an anomaly and not a trend. And there's been some donation gains here. But for a wild hack to call, you know, fill-in-the-blank big-wig donor, Right now, it's almost a competition. Hey, I gave a million dollars, and I'm the AD here. What you got, right? What can you help us with? He should just have this clip on his phone and play. Hey, you know, do you know what I gave? One million dollars. How about you there, Pappy? Let's go. It's big in the sense that, obviously, with COVID, even by playing these games, they're still getting the television revenue, which was the motivation throughout. Anybody that's out there saying this is not about money, come on. Everything else is an added benefit to it. The kids want to play. They want to get out there. This is about money. This is about you have to play the games to get the television revenue because no matter what, they're going to take a major financial hit. There's no fans at the Georgia Tech game. Who knows if there's going to be fans at any home games this year. Even Bayheim was saying when he was asked about the basketball schedule today, they're kind of operating under the premise that even if they're allowed fans, it's going to be limited, right? They're not going to have thir- – it's going to be sad to say, but we're going to see 30,000 people at a Syracuse basketball game this year? It's a pipe dream at this point. Even if they announce a vaccine tomorrow – that's a pipe dream at this point. So playing, getting football in hoops on their respective field and court and getting the television money that comes with it is is good. But you're losing out on all that other revenue that six football home dates bring and the basketball home dates bring. So for a wild hack to see that situation and to personally donate a million dollars or let's go go back to the other one, okay? We heard plenty from Dr. Evil. Right, if I had a million dollars, that's better. Well, I'd buy you a house. I would buy you a house. Well, if John Wildhack had a million dollars, he'd give it to Syracuse University because he did. That's stepping up. That's skin in the game.
right? That is skin in the game right there, which is a great expression to use to get somebody to buy into something. I was given that advice by a radio executive one time in a situation where, let's just say I did put my faith in this person, not the great Ed Levine. I have faith in the great Ed Levine no matter what. A different situation, different company. And it did pay off, by the way. Long story short, by me putting skin in the game, I ended up on the Buffalo Bills radio network, which was a dream come true. And yeah, that one that one paid off, right? The but Bills make me wanna. It's a great expression to get somebody to believe in you because you're presenting that to them. Here's what I did. I'm not just asking you to do something. I'm not just telling you to do something. I did this. And I made a big, big difference. And the other obvious thing is the facilities race, the arms race that is out there. That is huge in college football. You don't need me to tell you that. It's a reminder. Of what, like a million dollars is a, that's where the Dr. Evil clip is kind of funny because in the movie, he says $1 million and everybody laughs at him, right? Because he'd come from a different time when a million dollars was a big deal. A million dollars in 2020 is, it's not as big of a deal as it was at one time, but with COVID, with reset athletic budgets, with everybody kind of looking at the the landscape they're out there, I mean, you're always going to take a million dollars, but you're especially going to take it in this realm and to get it from the guy who's running the athletic department. That is absolutely huge. So I saw that news last night and said, wow, John Wildhack stepping up to the plate. That's not something you hear every day. And John's in a unique situation, having come from ESPN, his entire family basically went to Syracuse. He's already had skin in the game, right? He's already had skin in the game. He's already had a dedication to it. And that's when Wildhack, and remember, he just signed a contract extension recently through, what, 2025. So he's in, he's invested, and these next five years are going to be more important than the prior four. He more than likely is going to have to hire Jim Beheim's successor. He may, and I stress the word may, but reality is reality, five years is a long time, have to hire another football coach. He is overseeing and will have to implement the policies with the new Carrier Dome in this challenging economic situation we're in, like I said, if they find a vaccine tomorrow, when are we going to get back to the normal days of having a number of people at a sporting event kind of jammed in there together? Think of those images. Think of being at a Syracuse Duke basketball game, 35,000 people. Like Just by saying that, a lot of you maybe just cringed at the thought of that. Like I don't. There's not a lot of people that are comfortable with that some of you are like yes tomorrow let's go i need that in my life because we're back to to whatever normal is going to be here but it's going to take us a while to get there he's got to navigate that continue to fundraise continue to lead syracuse athletics where it needs to go in this new world we're in so to have that in his back pocket to be able to say i gave just just one more time just let me do it one more time one million dollars. That's huge. Like I said, he should keep that clip on his phone. Be like, so, so 
So are you, oh, you're going to, oh, you're going to donate? You're going to donate to Syracuse right now? Do you know what I gave? Right? He wouldn't do that because John's a humble guy, but big, big news there. I don't know if a lot of people caught that, but it is out there. Chris Carlson's got a great story about it. Go check it out. We need to take a break right now. When we return, we shall go into the land of the unknown. We will set up the socially distant speaker, and Seth Goldberg will take us on the blind side. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye. 